Hi folks, welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with leaders innovating the future of Southeast Asia's internet and digital economy, or as we like to call it, ASEAN Innovation. I'm your host, Paolo Aquino, and we're back with a very special call because we haven't talked about this company on our show before. We actually haven't even talked about this market, particular industry on our show before. So I'm really excited to, to really get to know this particular company and, and the industry that they're in. And we're talking about none other than Convi the leading beauty e-commerce platform in Thailand. From Insignia Ventures' perspective, you know, this is our first time we're welcoming a Thai company into the Insignia family with our recent 10 million Series A investment into Convi. And so happy to learn more about Thailand, learn more about the e-commerce beauty market in the country, and of course about the waves that the company is making, not just in Thailand, but internationally as well. And who better to tell us about that than the CEO himself, Ching Kui Hua. Before you go on call, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platforms. And stay tuned for our latest insights on our Twitter at InsigniaVC and Instagram at Insignia underscore VC. Now let's get into the call. Or Quay, as we like to call him. So Quay, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Paolo. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so a little bit on Quay before we move on. So he's, you know, US educated Chinese entrepreneur who's done a few ventures in, in Beijing before he finally decided to pack his bags, move to Thailand a little bit more than 10 years ago and, and start Convi back then, back when there was hardly anything e-commerce happening in the country. And he was one of the pioneers of that. And since then, you know, obviously Convi has become a market leading player in the space. And so happy to sort of pick his brains on, you know, what has changed since 2012, essentially. Let's let's dial back a little bit, right, to 2012. I, I mentioned you you decided to pack your bags and move to Thailand. What was the thinking behind that? What were you seeing in the market? And why did you decide to focus specifically on beauty brands? I always enjoy being an entrepreneur, right? So when I was young, I already started to do little businesses. I, I actually started being a salesman when I was 12, right? And, and throughout the last, 20, 20 years of my past, I have ventured into quite a multiple businesses. The last one I have, which is Convi, and, and it's not a, a startup anymore, or it's not a very new company anymore. Right? We have been doing this business for more than 10 years. And the, the reason why I, I actually gave up on what I did in, in Beijing, but moved to Thailand was that I saw a huge opportunity of e-commerce potentials in Southeast Asia. And this was back in 2011, right? Combi was the first vertical e-commerce platform in Thailand. And I had multiple e-commerce backgrounds back then when I was in China and when I was in US as well. And I seen that Thailand has absolutely no e-commerce at all. And finding that there's a huge opportunity and necessities and possibility of this business. Then I just packed myself with my brother right? and we both came to Thailand to start this business. And the reason why we jump into beauty is that if we really look into e-commerce landscape right now, it's not that every category is suitable for online. And online helps business in different ways, but in terms of retailing, right, not every category is suitable for, for e-commerce. And the time we came to Thailand, we did a lot of research. There's into fashions, we look into shoes, we're looking into baby and moms. We're looking into pet categories, you know, we're looking into multiple categories. And we thought that beauty is the category that is suitable for this market in Thailand. And we didn't want to just bring a model from foreign countries and just plug it in, right? You need, really need to look into the market needs. And beauty is something that Thai markets really enjoys and really investing a lot of money into. 
That's why we jump into this category. So I, I actually, you know, was curious since you started back in 2011, you were already doing all this research with your co-founders and you zeroed in on beauty. How has that e-commerce sort of environment from, you know, literally a blue ocean and now you have so many players, so many different forms of e-commerce. And I remember we, in a past panel that you did, you, you mentioned that e-commerce will soon be no longer e-commerce anymore. Like, you know, the way that people look at e-commerce will change. So for Thailand in particular, how has, you know, how has the e-commerce industry evolved over the past 10 years? I, I started this business when I was 24 and, and, and back then you mentioned about e-commerce. I started a business and a year to two into the business, I was looking for investors and I was having the opportunity to pitch to quite a, a lot of private or personal investors in Thailand. Uh, they're just not into e-commerce, right? And they, all of them didn't think that it would work with the retail business, offline retail business being so strong in Thailand. It's just how we think about metaverse right now, you know, if, if you really think about it, right? I was pitching to them that I want to be the first to, to, to start an e-commerce platform in Thailand. It was so difficult for them to believe, right? So we had to just do it by our own, with our own savings, right? And, and with a few friends' help. We started, we just started the business that way without any ventures, no angel investments. We just started with, let's say US dollars of 20,000, 30,000 US dollars. That's all we have. All right. So I had to literally learn. Luckily I have programming backgrounds. So I, I have to put myself as a, a developers into starting developing our own website in that time. But as the, the year passed, right, you can see that from, from the very beginnings where you have just being a small entrepreneur that started this business, that's Blue Oceans. Uh, later on, let's say 2015, 2016, where e-commerce started to pick up. In the region, you, you see that Lazada and Shopee becoming a dominant players. And that time, people start to, to, to accept more on knowing what e-commerce is, what is e-commerce really about until the pandemic started to hit the markets and people start to turn their understanding that, you know what, maybe e-commerce is going to be the thing. So a lot of traditional business start to venture into e-commerce, venture into online and venture into technology. And then today, 2012, right? You start to talk about e-commerce and there's nothing new anymore, right? People start to talk about something else. That is the town, right? Where, where we can see that e-commerce is not, not something new, but something that has the scalability to become big. We're becoming a significant players in the market now, somewhat competing with the offline or competing with very big players in the markets. How a company or me as a founder has to adapt to these environments and to adapt with the company's changes to face new challenges like this is very difficult, and it, but it's very challenging and fun. One thing that you did mention is that, you know, obviously there's a lot more, I would say like the, the market has become more complex and sophisticated over the years. So how would you place Convi in the current sort of beauty industry, right? Not just e-commerce, right? So I'm also talking about, you know, even the offline, traditional retail, like where does Convi place itself? And especially considering that you're, you guys aren't necessarily replacing brands, right? You are supporting brands, helping them reach more customers, right? So where, where would you place Convi right now and given where the beauty industry is in Thailand? To dig down this question a little bit more, we have to come back to what the reason why we started Combi. So in the very beginnings, it was the consumers that was looking for accessibility of brands and products. And Thailand is a very sophisticated beauty market. We have tons of brands comparable to countries like US and China. You know, we have 
so many brands, a lot more than Vietnam, a lot more than Indonesia, where a population is quadruple of what Thailand has right now. So with so many brands in the markets, the problems that brands are facing and consumers are facing is that they are not being able to assess all these brands. Even though the offline is so strong, 7-Elevens, shopping malls are, are heavily built in Thailand. But let's say there's 3,000, 4,000 beauty brands in the markets. Most of them do not have the privilege to be able to sell in the offline channels. It has to invest a tons of money if you want to get in. And that is where Convi came into place in the very beginnings to trying to solve the problem, right? About being a channels for them to list their products. But until now, like I mentioned earlier, the landscape changed from blue oceans to now where e-commerce is widely understandable. Convi's position changed as well. We're facing new challenges from the brands, right? And brands start to ask that now marketing cost is getting really expensive, right? And they have trouble to get to the customers. It's not about accessibility, but having a channel to, to communicate or to educate the customer of what their brand is really about. And being a discover channels for consumers and being a, the platform to connect consumers and brands becoming our new positions now, All right? So we, we've been talking with brands and discuss in depth that what is their challenges? What is the stage that they are facing right now? Are there a new brands in the markets or are there a brand that are launching new products? Taking in this, this kind of questions and we're trying to solve with new technology that we're launching, right? So Convy has continued to evolve with the technology that we're bringing to the consumers. All technology might not be able to, be able to solve those problems anymore. That's why we're relaunching, right? We're innovating new technology, new functions, new features that would possibly fit and solve the current consumer needs. Do you have an example of that, like that you can talk about already? Like, sure, uh, sure. Innovation that you so, so we're recently launching a, a channel called the Brand Voice. I just had a meeting with some of the big groups, right? Big beauty brands, L'Oreal's and Amo Pacifics. And, and we hear that in the past, they, they heavily used channels like Facebook and Instagrams to, to be a place to, to communicate with their consumers. But now as the algorithm change for all these social media platforms, whenever they want to talk to their fan clubs, they have to pay money and they have to pay a lot of money. And in, in most cases, they can't even reach to their fan club, even paying money. So now the channel for them to communicate with their customer is, is gone. And I thought about it and Combi is being the leading platform in Thailand for this purpose already. And can we solve this problem for them, right? So because of that, Combi is creating a new feature in the platform called the brand voice. This allows the brands to push to this few million customers we have throughout the whole platform. And specifically, they can target audience that they are being the follower of their brand as well directly, right? They can have the feature to send a push notification to them. They can send an SMS to them and being a very effective and cost-efficient functions for the brands. And is that voice limited to Convy's platform itself or do you also cater to other channels that they could, you know, customize to? So right now we are built into our platform, right? Because we still want to, to drive traffic to our platform. And this is a destination that trying to solve all the needs of beauty customers. But we are also expanding this brand voice to multiple partners that we're working with as well, right? So as the past, you know that there's a lot of magazines, right? There's a lot of beauty channels, but now they're they are gone, right? But they have their value to be in the markets, right? So Convy is 
expanding to collaborate with this kind of partners to see how can we solve these kind of problems for the brands together. One thing that I really like about your approach is, you know, you really talk to the brand, even one-on-one, you know, really, really build relationships with them, even on a personal learning level, even for you, right? And I'm sure you already have been doing that even 10 years ago. But obviously, what the brands need will differ depending on the type of brand, right? It, it's, it's not as simple as all these brands have the same pain point, right? So how do you approach, you know, well, first question is, what are the differences between sort of the pain points of global versus local brands? And how do you prioritize sort of the offerings based on that? Yeah. Thai market is about four to five billion US dollars market size for beauty, right? And there are so many brands. And yes, there's an incremental market size every year. But us as a one company, we, we do want to help every brand, but our capability is limited, right? So there are a handful of brands that we can help, but we're trying our best to help a lot of them. And as you mentioned, brands are in different stages of their life cycle. And there are brands that we're working with could be uh, big brands like L'Oreal's. And there are also brands that could be a very indie brands and just started by an influencer in Thailand. And there could be brands that are coming from Turkey, for example, right? And they are very new. The owner might be a Turkish, right? And they, they, they happen to live in Thailand and they just brought a brand that they really love from Turkey to Thailand and they have no idea how to market this product out. And that comes to with that our team, very strong merchandising team and a very strong marketing solution teams. And also myself, right? I'm up in the front line to, to talk to the brands, to filter brands or talk to brands that is suitable to our customers, right? For example, there are some brands, let's say I mentioned the, the, the one that the Turkish brand, for example, if their needs is to be able to find a group of audience that might possibly like their brand. So I communicate with the owner, right? And I ask them, what's the income structure that you have in your mind, right? That the people that are going to like your brand, are they foreigners or are they Thai, right? Are they happen to be in Bangkok or, the, or they happen to be in Chiang Mai? What kind of age group are they? Income structures for the brands. And based on our very initial understanding of the brands, we can create campaigns to trial with our customers, right? And Combi has a very deep dive database and we're heavily investing into data mining. Right? We're understanding our customer behaviors and customer segmentations. So we'll try with one segment first, right? With the segment that we imagine to be true right? and see if it comes back well, right? And if it is not, we'll feedback to the brand, you know what? What we imagine is that the customer group that you are interested in is age of 15 to 25, but actually from our database, we see that a huge 24 to 35 is the group that is most interested with your brand. But in what we see, yes, they're interested. So there's a huge traffic coming into your brand, but they still do not purchase. What we need to do now is trying to convert them into a customer, either let's say creating some influential contents from local influencers or Coming from the brand side, the editors, we can start to create some contents to educate the customer. What is the brand, right? Building the funnel down, just coming from brand awareness, but being a consideration stage and later on help the brands to convert. What I really like about what you mentioned is that it's not just a one direction kind of, you know, like the brand tells you, oh, here's what I want. And then Tommy's like, okay, we'll do what you want. <laughs> you guys are also like telling them, oh, here's what we're learning in the market. Maybe it might be better to pivot this way, unlock this new market, et cetera, et cetera, based on as you mentioned, the, the amount of data that you've amassed over the years, right? One thing I am curious about is you've, you've certainly painted this picture of Thailand being a leading market, right? You mentioned 4.5 billion US dollar market growing every year. And it's, you know, definitely more sizable than, than most of its neighbors, right? In terms of the beauty market. 
So how would you say are, you know, global brands now looking at Thailand in terms of, you know, like, are they seeing it as a, you know, gateway into the rest of Southeast Asia? Are they seeing it as a test bed for, you know, oh, if, if it succeeds in Thailand, maybe it will succeed everywhere else. Like how, how are, you know, like these, these big brands seeing Thailand as a market? Whenever a brand comes to Southeast Asia, big brands, they will put Thailand as the first place that they should conquer. And the reason why is because this market is not the population, but the well-established beauty markets, right? Giving them that a lot of all the neighboring countries are looking into Thailand as well, because Thailand is leading the whole trend for beauty throughout the regions, right? Because of that, big brands would want to make their success in Thailand first. But because of this, right, all the big brands are coming in as well as local brands, Chinese brands, Korean brands, European brands, right? Everyone is competing, right? And that creates value for us. You know, whenever there's a huge competition going on in the markets, company like us as an intermediate or a platform where try to connect both customers and, and, and brands or by providing more efficient ways, more cost-efficient ways to connect these two people become a very valuable thing to have, right? Because you cannot try to be like just one player and eating the whole market, all right? So you need to find the right place to do the right things. So there's a lot of technology that need to be involved. That's why if you see like all the big tech company now, like Facebook, Googles, they are finding their own ways to being more cost efficient, right? And Combi is also the same thing, right? It's just that we are approaching helping brands and consumer in a different ways. And a follow-up to that is because of the position of Thailand, right? And just the influx of the supply side of the equation. And one of the things that I guess, one of the reasons why Convi has partnered with investors like Insignia Ventures is obviously the push towards international expansion. And so how does coming from Thailand help Convi, you know, be in the best position possible to be able to, you know, cater to more markets? Say, for example, that the Turkish brand example that you mentioned, right? If they say, oh, I want to expand to the Philippines or expand to Indonesia. How does being in Thailand help Convi be able to do that for those kinds of customers? A lot of investors ask me about a regional plan, right? And I didn't come up with this plan just out of my, my own thinkings, right? And, and the reason why I have thought about regional expansions, and this regional expansion has to support by multiple evidences, right? And, and the first is that because I've been talking to multiple brands and brands coming to Thailand, and when they assess into Southeast Asia, it's not like one country. Even myself living in Thailand for more than 15 years now, being to say that I'm an expert, right? Or a super expert of Thailand. And if a foreign brands come into Thailand and they're also coming to Philippines, they are coming to Indonesia, it would take them a handful of years to be able to, to really understand what is this market about. But to be fortunate is that brands that we're working with right now, let's say Korean brands or Japanese brands or Chinese brands, once they work with us and they really like working with us, they share their thoughts that, you know what, they also want to expand to other countries. Can we be their partner to expand to those countries? Because they don't have the capability to, they don't have the knowledge to. And Thailand right now, they are successful, but they want to grow to other countries. Can Combi be the platform or can Combi be the, be the one that is going to help them doing this? That's why we found the values, right? The market needs of this. And thanks for Insignia to coming in, right, will help us expand. We're lucky to have a, a regional investor, right, because our vision for the business is growing beyond the border of Thailand, and hopefully into Southeast Asia and maybe even beyond Southeast Asia, because there's a lot of Thai brands are wanting to go to American markets, European market. So that is what we're hoping for. 
another aspect, so there's the international aspect of Convy's growth. Then there's also the omni-channel, which we touched on a little bit earlier. So I just wanted to expand a little bit on that, right? Like what does omni-channel mean for Convy? And it's something, it's certainly a trend that Insignia has seen over the past few years that, you know, it's not just about single, you know, online platform, like just one website and distribute everything to that. You want to consider many other different channels, right? So what does omni-channel mean for, for Convy? I've been thinking about this question for the last 10 years, right? And was fortunate that I make the right decisions. And in the past, when investors talk to me or even myself, are we just going to stay as a single platform, right? Is the business trying to build a platform that's the largest in Thailand or maybe possibly the largest beauty platform in the world? And I thought about this over and over again, right? I start to realize, right, even platforms like Facebook, right, even though they are social media platform, there are times that they end up that people are moving away from Facebook and they're moving to Instagram. And Instagram being the most popular rise of the fastest platform over the last few years was taken over by TikTok just the last one to two years. And having realized that even such big platforms like this, that is being the number one in the world could eventually be taken over. And this question comes to my mind that is Convy is going to be in the same situations. So I questioned myself and I, I came to realize that the value about Convy is not we are the most valuable or most biggest platform to be in the market. But the things that we are doing for the consumers and for the brands, and that is what our value lies on, right? And behavior changes. They like to buy in 7-Eleven in one day, but tomorrow they like to buy in shopping mall, right? People like to buy in shopping mall today. They might like to buy in an e-commerce platform tomorrow, right? And things keep changing. And Combi has to be in the position that we have to foresee the behavior of consumers and adapt ourselves and being there for the, the new generations. Uh, that's how I, I see ourselves, right? And being the word omni-channel is that Combi doesn't have to be just in one platform. Combi has to innovate ourselves to be in platform that the future is going to be, right? That's why I'm also trying to foresee other than the social commerce, other than even TikTok that is rising, where is the next going to be? And, and we have to prepare, right? Because a lot of this kind of platform, you, you want to get in and you get in, right? It, it's similar to 10 years ago, there's no e-commerce and Combi comes in first. I have to try to foresee, right? And now people are talking about the metaverse. And then I have to see that is metaverse going to be the, the something, right? For the e-commerce market too, right? So that actually drive me like my interest to stay always innovating the, this company as well. That's really a, a great mindset to have. And really the asset for the biggest asset of Convy is not the platform itself, but really the foresight, as you mentioned, whether it's driven by data or, you know, the relationships that you have with the brands or, or the Thai consumers, right? Where, as you said, you know, really sort of leading the market forward in the region. I wanted to tie that concept to another idea that maybe you might think of differently, only having been a venture-backed startup only recently, right? Like for the past 10 years, you've largely been bootstrapped only until recently that you start to raise funding for Convy. How do you think about cost efficiency, right? Especially in this market, thinking about scale and growth in a cost-efficient way, especially given that you, you talked about that mindset earlier, right? About always innovating, always thinking about day one kind of mindset, yeah. So, so how does that tie into being a cost-efficient company? As you mentioned, right, this is my fourth venture from my childhood. And my parents always taught us to be a responsible person. They did not ask me to try to be a successful person, but they taught me to be a responsible person. So even the last few ventures, I venture money from our own. 
and money, money that we borrow from friends. And all the money that we borrow from friends, either we either lost it, but we have to find a way to pay back, right? I never take a money and just spend it. That was never in my mindset, right? And for Compi, I did not want to rely a business on a venture. And I believe that if the business has its own value, it should be able to not just survive by its own, but it should be able to grow by itself. Investments coming from ventures or from partners could be accelerators for the business, but it could not give you answers for questions that you do not understand, right? So like I mentioned that not trying to burn the money that the investor give in was my initial thoughts since the very beginnings. Now, over the last few years, I, I had a much clearer picture of what I want to build this business to be. And because of this, I start to seek for investor now. I, I want to take the money when the business is ready. And now it's the time. And, and that's why we, we do it just recently. I wanted to shift gears a little bit and go into your sort of leadership. One thing I was curious about is how your role as CEO has evolved over the years, right? Like, what are things that you've had to learn as a, as a leader, as a CEO, you know, managing an organization that has a different culture from, from your own background, right? What are the biggest learnings from that? I want to take a, a small story to, to, to explain, right? In the very beginnings, uh, I came to Thailand. I couldn't speak Thai. And Thailand is very different from Singapore or Philippines or Malaysia, where a huge population of the people in the countries do speak English. So I was trying to hire people that speak English. It was really difficult, right? And I, I even have to, I'm trying to host a meeting with brands in English, but a lot of the brand owners do not even speak English. And even brands that are big, right? Their business heads couldn't speak English too. And I was thinking that I literally one of the year, I, my, my new year resolution is that the biggest challenge for me to grow this business is that me having an effective way to communicate with my staff and the brands. I just put this as my biggest goal for myself because I think that it is directly linked with the business, even though it's to my personal, but it linked with the business directly. And being able to do so, I was being able to start communicate with staff that have been working with me for four to five years. I never get a chance to really communicate with them. In the past, I'm just saying hi and bye. You know? But because of that, right, my positions evolved from the person that just started the idea. But later on, right, you're being able to communicate and understand that the culture that, you know what, to make the business success in the country, sometimes it's not you trying to change the world, but for you yourself have to start understanding the, the market of what you're running in, into first. And adapting ourselves is the key. Some of my staff used to mention, Kun Kui, you, you come back every year different. You know, there's a one period every year that I, I kind of just gone, right? Like at least 10 to 20 days and, and people don't know where I am, right? And, and I just taking into that time to myself to reflect, to finalize what is, should be my next year focus to be. I come back very different, right? Very different mindsets. Whenever I come back, I host a meeting with all the management levels and I share with them that this year we're going to be this and I'm going to be very different. Please expect that there will be some difference of my way of managing. I might be able to sit with you to discuss with your family problems in the past, but now the business is a couple hundred people now. My time giving to you might be very limited. We used to have five heads. Now we have 30 heads. Even giving each of you 15 minutes per week, that would mean uh, a few days is gone, right? So I have to rearrange my time to focus where I should be. So myself is evolving and my leadership and my management style has to change as well to adapt to how the business is just 
Yeah, I'm sure a lot of learnings for our listeners, especially those who are operating in markets that they didn't necessarily come from. And speaking to that, is there anything in particular that you learned about Thailand or Thai culture or about work, workplace culture or, you know, uh, culture in terms when it comes to growing a company there? As you know, I'm a Chinese national. So the culture, how we work in China was born into my blood, right? So working hard was the number one Chinese trait to have, right? Our parents, apart from telling me to be responsible, they, they tell me that you need to work hard, right? Without working hard, you are not going to achieve what you want in your life. So working seven days a week is a norm for me, right? The 996 is and sometimes it's, it's not 996, like, so maybe like a lot more, right? 9117, right? It was into me. And, and as you know, that the pace of e-commerce is really fast. We have to work after midnight all the time. In the very first few years, I have a huge trouble working this with my staff. And every time we ran over a double-digit promotions, there's a huge turnover, right? There's a huge turnover. Why? They said, and I try to understand, right? One of the questions that I, I asked my staff when I interviewed them is that, why do you work? I ask them these questions. They say they want to find a place that can give them a happy environment. It seems that happiness is why they work. And this kind of different from what I want, you see. In my own viewpoint, that time was work was just trying to accomplish what we want to do, right? It's not about happiness. And I, I like to throw a slogan to them, right? That if you want to give happiness, then I, I'd rather just go sell ice creams, right? Because of that and Understanding that most of the population in Thailand, they really look into a life balance kind of work style. And I have to accept it, you know, I have to accept it. And being even a fast moving industry, we have to take into account that that culture is much, much more laid back than what China is doing, than the Silicon Valley is doing, right? What you want might not necessarily to be what they want. And you have to find a balance in, in this, right? You want to win this market and you have to take their culture into consideration and being slowed down in some towns, right? So we have field trip every year and we need to respect there's so many holidays in Thailand. Right? I cannot just say there's a holiday and, and I just want to work. I cannot do that. So finding a balance or in some way we invest heavily into technology and another way to complement this situation. Let's say everyone is going to a holiday and but who does the people that answer to the customer service? And people in here, sometimes you're paying them triple, quadruple and they don't even want to work. So now you need to start thinking about what about bots? What about other alternatives? What about having a remote works environment for customer service? And that's what I learned right about this culture. And again, it speaks to the adaptability, which is which has been a theme of our conversation, right? Being able to adapt to the different cultures. And that leads me into our, our rapid fire round. So a couple of quick questions can give some really quick answers. First is, what for you are the top three traits of a great CEO? For me, the top three traits to, to, to have being the CEO, number one, is being humble. Number two, continue to learn. And number three is be open-minded. Yeah, something that we've talked about throughout this conversation. <laughs> yes. I think that is into the roots of myself, right? What innovation in Southeast Asia are you most excited about, especially when it comes to e-commerce? So the crypto market was very, very active in Thailand as well as around the world in the last two years. And, and myself, I actually look into this market quite a bit, either personally investing or even to understand how crypto mining works, right? And as well as the Web 3.0, right? I want to understand because Combi is the leading beauty platform in not just in Thailand, right? We lead, there's not, not many beauty pla vertical platforms around the world. We are one of them. And I would believe that we are one of the, the oldest to be in the market. 
And there's a lot of innovation that we brought into the market and, and a lot of people around the world kind of copy us. And the next thing that I want to foresee is that how Web 3.0 or how the metaverse, how the crypto can come into the beauty world and how can we take that integrated to our consumer shopping experience. All right, so we're working with some big tech companies and we're launching AR experiences to our customer trial running as well and to see how's the feedback, right? Yeah, and in Thailand, there's not many uh, technology companies that can uh, do this. So most of the big players coming to Thailand, they will seek Combit as their partner to do this. Right, especially when they're thinking, they're, when they're forward thinking, right? And they want yes. to watch. Yes, and, and then I, I always say yes, you know. I mean, <laughs> there are some other meetings that I always say no, but for this type of innovative collaboration, I always want to explore. Right, right. Yes, and then just figure it out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I wanted to ask also, since you talked about the skincare routine, right? Like, what's your, what's Xingqui's skincare routine? Like, what are the, sure. in the morning? Over the last few years, I, I, I start to understand ingredients, products, ingredients itself, and, and why ingredients or how skincare could even makeups affect our skin. Before, we always think that skincare is just another trick that the market builds, right? Similar to other industries, for example, milk always better for you, right? <laughs> but after you really understand about it, you know, all those celebrities, right? They, they stay fit and their face stays so young for a reason, right? And for myself, first thing that I would want to put on my face every day, starting from the basic would be uh, an effective sunscreen. A mix of physical to chemical uh, sunscreen would be uh, good for, for myself as well. Uh, for At night, I usually like to put toners, serums as the most basic. Even for hair care now, I start to look into products that are more either it's a vegans or it's more organics. Because having too much chemicals into the, the shampoo might, might damage your hair or the, the roots of your hair in the long runs. Things like silicones and those, even though it makes it shiny, it makes it vibrant, but that comes with negative effect as well, right? And apart from that, I, I do, from time to time, depends on my skin needs, right? If it's too dry, then I apply oil on my skin. And if there's an interview or if there's an event, I, I do have to put my CC cream, BB cream to look, look nicer on my skin. And sometimes maybe some lip balms to keep my, my lips more moist. So very basic, but I think every guy should should at least cover what I, I do on a daily basis. I like what you mentioned about, you know, organic trend. And that's also another way that the market is moving. That's not necessarily, you know, very like digital or tech, but it's still like innovation, right? That, that I'm sure you're, you're keeping your eyes on. My next question is, what's your favorite, you know, travel destination in Southeast Asia? You know, a, a place that, you know, maybe recently that you've gone to or a place that you're looking forward to going? I definitely love Thailand. I think Thailand... Because the food is really nice. We have very diversified food in here. For me, as a Chinese, I would love to have some Chinese food time to time. And Thai food is really nice. It's not oily. And we can get easily access to, to international foods as well. Right? But apart from Thailand, I recently traveled to Singapore a lot. And I, I really like the environment. Apart from the part that it's being very expensive. But the environment is really nice. The air is really nice and it's easy to get around, right? Ubers and applications, technologies widely used throughout the, the funnels. So I definitely would want to have a place of my own in Singapore. And we have to start thinking about education for our next generation, right? So that's, that's definitely a place that we will consider. And my last question for the rapid fire round is, what do you take care to, what do you do to de-stress or, you know, take care of your well-being, mental health, that kind of thing? I would not recommend my, my child, right, in, in, <laughs> if I get a chance to, right? Don't do startups, right? Because <laughs> it's such a, a tiring journey, right? And 
myself, like I mentioned, uh, I started being a, a small cell. Even though I was in school, I, I love joining business already. So I, I being a, a direct sales kind of person uh, when I was 12, right? Until now, it's like more than 23 years of me into the business world. It's because I really love what I'm doing. That's why I'm not as tiring. But if you are not really love into what you are doing or business or startups or, or being an entrepreneur, it could be extremely exhausting for you, right? They said, do things that you like is already a rest for you. But I love looking for computers. Either I'm coding or I'm watching some clips from, from some of the new influencers in the market. I love what I'm doing already. So it's less burning for myself. But I get to the point that you spend so much time into working, right? You literally have no personal life in some of the, the years. When you're eating, you are, you're thinking about work, you're talking about work constantly. I, I don't even own a car in Thailand, so I'm constantly working. Uh, I'm on BTS, I'm working. While I'm swimming, I'm working. <laughs> I'm thinking about work, right? I'm showering, I'm thinking about work. But it came to a point that your body, right, start to age, right? And, and it's not like when you're 22 anymore, right? You can stay up all night, don't have to sleep. But now it starts to like, when you sleep at 3 a.m., now your body starts to feel like, you know, you're tired. And then your question just come into the right place. The last three years, I start to pick up habits that I never thought I would be doing. Right. I now start to find balance in my life. It's not saying that trying to speed up in your life is bad, but life is always finding balance, right? You're not trying to be the, the fastest. Always the fastest. There's no such thing as you're the fastest. There's always a comparative. So life, you have to start looking at a balance. So habits that I like to pick up now, uh, number one, I like to swim. Uh, I like to swim a few times a week. So that is one thing. I start to practice calligraphy. I hate writing things in the past because everything is just on computers. But now I start to practice calligraphy. Bad handwriting, but I start to practice calligraphy. Number three, I finally get myself into meditations. These three things are my new habit now, right? And whenever I have some extra times and whenever I think about giving myself some times for my own health and I do this kind of stuff. I think other entrepreneurs either are just newly into this new startup business. One day you will, you will need to, to ask yourself and you will face this, this problem, right? And you need to get into it earlier than later, right? And we still have another 40 years to go, right? So let's get it long, right? It's really an endurance sport, yeah. It's not how, how fast you go, but how long you last, right? Yes. Imagine, right? Like the company is already 10 years, right? And most people already down after three to four years. And ourselves, us having the, the stamina to be able to keep up last 10 years already wins 90% of the competitors. So that is extremely important to have. And what I really like, you know, just getting to know Convi and getting to know you is that, you know, for you, this is actually still just the beginning. There's still a lot more to do, not just in Thailand, but other, you know, other markets for other brands and in terms of innovations as well. You talked, we talked a lot about that. And so, you know, this has been our first conversation, our first call, but, you know, looking forward to maybe next year or year down the road, we'll have another conversation about new things that Convi is up to. But in the meantime, it has been great to, to have this conversation with you, Kui. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Paulo. Thank you for having me. If you guys want to get in touch with Wei, I'm going to leave his LinkedIn in the podcast description. If you guys are looking to work with Convi, we'll also leave, you know, their, their openings in the podcast description so you guys can check that out. In the meantime, this has been On Call with Insignia and we'll see you guys in our next call. Thank you, everyone. Stay on the line with us for more conversations with our founders and investors in the region. Until our next call, I am Paolo Aquino and this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.